Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nick's Notes. This is actually our 10th episode. It's been a lot of fun talking about health tech and investing and being an entrepreneur with all of you. And I'm really excited today. We have an incredibly special guest, Morgan Livermore from Quiet Capital. They were the lead investor in Hayron A Seed Round. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Morgan for seven years. He's also a new dad and enjoying that adventure. Um, Morgan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Well, Morgan, we'll start by, because you are quiet capital uh, and there isn't even a website, most people don't know you. Can you tell us a little bit about the fund? Yeah, we're a fairly new fund. And, and as the name implies, I like to stay below the, the radar here. Um, you know, basically, we love working with founders from the earliest stages all the way through an IPO, basically across sectors. So we have investments in deep tech, healthcare, software, consumer, and just about everything in between. Uh, the portfolio is relatively large at this point. It's about 400 companies. Um, we've invested uh, over $500 million. Um, the, the most recent fund is $400 million. Um, so we're partnering with people from pre-seed all the way through pre-IPO, um, looking for special founders, special companies, and, and people solving just problems that we think the world has that need to be solved. It's much much like yourself with Hey, Renee. Nick. Awesome. And you were, I first met you, I think in 2015, you were at Excel which is obviously one of these storied Silicon Valley venture funds. I think you went from there to Geodesic. And then from there, what was the attraction to come to Quiet Capital? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I've had a lot of great experiences. I actually started my career at a place called VistaPoint Advisors even before Excel. Um, it really honed and, and learned the craft of, of venture investing at Excel and then had an opportunity to join an earlier fund in Geodesic with a very unique pitch of helping companies expand to Japan. You know, for me... Um, most of my career had been focused on growth and sort of later stage investing. Quiet is, is really more of a multi-stage fund. And that really attracted me uh, to, to the platform. You know, I think the other, the other piece is the team around me. I mean, we have some really special people, founders, operators, uh, people who have done incredibly well on, on both sides of the table. Um, and then candidly talking to founders, people sort of, you know, recommended Quiet to me in a, in a big way. Um, people love the ethos. They love the fact that our focus is on helping founders and, and less on you know, building brand awareness around ourselves. And for me, that, that really resonated with the ability to spend my time you know, working with people like yourself, working with some of the other founders I, I have the privilege of working with, um, helping them solve problems for their own businesses that are then solving problems for the world. And, and I asked this question to, well, Amit shared something with me. Amit Gerg from Tau, one of the episodes. And he basically said, they look at 2000, business plans to talk to 200 companies to go deep with about 25 to make about a half a dozen investments. Is your math about the same? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I think it depends on what month or, or day you ask us. Um, we probably see 50 to 100 new companies per week is, is how we think about our, our numbers. Um, and then as far as the investments go, I mean, it, it really fluctuates. In a given month, we might make, you know, five or six seed investments, a couple series A, series B investments, and maybe one or two growth investments. Um, in a given quarter is probably more realistic on the growth side. Um, you know, overall, it's, it's a four-year-old fund. So getting into 400-ish companies at this point is, is a lot. The pace has been yeah. pretty fast, but th that also ranges. And I think every fund has their own structure, numbers, targets, and, and also strategy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I know some, some investors are open to cold intros, other 
investors aren't. Some people are network based, other people are thesis driven. Um, you know, for us as a newer fund, I, I think we very much have figured out our methodology, which is often founder referrals, um, previous mm -hmm. relationships. And just because of the network we fostered, there's a lot of those coming inbound, which is which is always exciting. Yeah, it's how I found you, right? Is is I knew you from Excel, and we had developed it, uh, the relationship and around Heal, my my previous startup, which you had looked at. Um, I'm going to ask you another question, which is, you have been invested in Hey Renee for about five six weeks now. Really, it's been <laughs> a very short period of time. But I've asked questions to you and the investor group. But you've given very good advice, guidance, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, um, so. Even, even I find it very helpful. So I, I know how helpful it would be to er, first time or earlier stage entrepreneurs. What is that based on? What are you drawing from to give that great, you know, sort of very helpful advice to entrepreneurs as they're building a company? Uh, well, first, I, I appreciate you thinking it's great advice. I, I always aim to give the best advice based on the knowledge we have. I, I think a lot of it is, is frankly pattern matching. I mean, since... 2011, when I really started, you know, working with founders, helping them think through different problems, um, even before my time at Excel, you know, a lot of it is, I don't want to say pattern matching. I think that's sort of an overused term, but you see various scenarios over and over again and how really great companies solved those problems or got around the issues that they had. And you can sort of apply that knowledge to other scenarios. I, I think the other valuable source that nobody really likes to talk about is you see a lot of people who make mistakes and candidly over a decade of working with founders, you, yeah. you see a lot yeah. of mistakes get made. And frankly, the way I view myself as an investor is it's my job to sort of put the guardrails on various aspects of what you want to do, but simultaneously help you avoid the mistakes and pitfalls that I see other founders make all the time and try and advise you. I, I can't make you do one thing or another. That's up to you as the mm. founder of the company. But at the same time, if I can you know, point out something that I've seen in the past or things that have worked well with other companies, hopefully that's a helpful uh, out outcome and, and helpful, helpful piece of advice for you. Well, well, it has, it has definitely been for us and we're obviously thrilled to have you involved. We, you, you, you're involved in, Hey Renee, we're in the health tech space. Quiet looks at other spaces, but you look at health tech and you did with Heal. You looked at us then. What are the core thesis you're looking at within health tech as sort of the trends you want to be involved in over the next two, three, five years you know, horizon? It's a good question. I, I mean, just to step back, I would say I actually spend the majority of my time in software and infrastructure. And, and part of what I loved about Hey Renee and you, particularly within healthcare is, you know, I think health tech in general has always been focused on making the, the payer, the insurance and the provider experience better. What I loved about what you are doing with Hey Renee is, is the focus on the patient. And there's some personal experience that goes into this, but, you know, you look at, um, just use use my my wife's pregnancy recently in, in the delivery of our, our son as an example I, I would say 75 percent of the time that the doctors or nurses were in our room as great as they were when they were interacting with us 75 percent of that time was spent typing stuff into a computer and the focus was always on you know how do we record something that's better so that the insurance company knows what happened they can better reimburse the hospital the hospital can you know have better documentation and ultimately, we, we sort of walked out of the hospital feeling, wow, we have our son, we're super excited, we're exhausted. Uh, but we also had that experience of like, wow, I really don't feel like the patient or the mother in that situation is the focus of anybody in the healthcare system. It was really yeah. on how do we you know, make sure the baby is healthy, which is obviously important. But then how do we like 
fill out our timesheets? How do we make sure yeah. all the, the information is in the system appropriately? And it felt very impersonal. And I love from your perspective of how do we focus healthcare on the patient to deliver better patient outcomes yeah. by improving engagement, improving that sort of you know process, make people want to seek out healthcare. Because ultimately, if you can solve problems early from a health uh, health perspective, you can decrease the overall cost of healthcare, and that's what I yeah. really love. Well, I, look, I'll, I'll 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 just add to that, which is, you know, a lot of first time founders listen to this, and I, I will say this that, and this doesn't apply in every industry necessarily, but certainly in healthcare and health tech, draw from your personal experiences. We thought of Heal because of an experience we had with one of our own children. It was a great experience, um, and, but it, it, that made us realize, hey, Dr. House calls could be a really good thing. And the company grew and became a fairly significant company. We thought of, hey, Renee, because we were drawing from that experience, but then thought about something that happened with Renee's dad in a post-surgical setting and, and whatever. And with healthcare, you have that opportunity because None of us are more than one step removed from someone who's had a serious health issue and didn't have a great experience, right? Yeah. So, and that consumer focus to me is where it's at, right? Ultimately, we, if we, we talk about patients often in healthcare as diabetics or cancer or whatever, instead of Steve or Juanita, right? They're humans. Sure. And sure. if we look at them as humans, I think we can, we can do better for them. So, Morgan, what is a first-time entrepreneur, I get asked this question more than any other, have to do to, to get noticed by you? Maybe not all the way get to the investment, but get a meeting. Yeah, it's a good question. Every investor is going to tell you something different in this case. I, I think sometimes this fluctuates on week based on what I have going on that week <laughs> or, or the next week, candidly. So uh, take this with a grain of salt. But, but I'm pretty open to introductions to cult emails. Like I, I, I try and read almost every email that comes in. It's, it's not always possible, but I really do. And I think it's important. Like there, there's nothing more valuable and, and honestly stressful than the founder journey. And I think it's really hard, particularly for first time founders. Um, you know, intros always go a long way because it's sort of a, a tip of the cap and not of credibility to what you're doing. But honestly, the things that I look for are founders who have a unique insight into a market or a problem and a unique way to solve those and, and sort of the questions I ask is like, does this problem exist? Is this problem big enough where I need, I should care about it? And is this person or is this group of, of people the right group to go try and solve it? And sort of, you know, the fourth pillar of that is like, are they, are they approaching it the right way? Like, are they thinking about the problem? Is their solution the right solution to that problem? Right. And, and it sounds a little grandiose to think about. I think a lot of people say like, is this person the only person in the world to solve that problem? And, and I hate to say this, this is probably an unpopular opinion in venture, but there's a lot of great businesses that have been solved as like the number two, number three, number four company in the space, but that just went and executed and did things yeah. better. You just never know that until the later stages though. And so that like founder journey at the earliest stages is always like, what is that founder's experience? What unique insight do they have? And are they uniquely capable to go sort of solve that that right. problem or experience they had? And, and that's generally what I look for at the earliest stage. From just an approach perspective, like, again, I, I'm more open to, to cold emails than I think some people are. I think it really depends on a lot of different factors. Some people exclusively do intros. Some people exclusively take cold, cold emails. I think there's sort of a combination and, and part of it is like a spray and pray approach almost never yeah. works because it comes across as really impersonal. Yeah. I think the best way is to like research the people you're reaching out to, 
and, and sort of understand what's going to make them tick. You, you know, yeah. Nick, you, you approached me on this and said, look, we're building a software solution to better patient engagement and better patient outcomes. Like to me as a software investor, that resonated, even though yeah. healthcare isn't somewhere I spend hundred percent of my time. Yeah. I think you can find people with the right sort of views on things. And, and, and also you can look at people's portfolios, past work and, and investments that they've done and sort of understand like, Hey, is this going to be in their sweet spot? Like if a, yeah. you know, consumer company reaches out to me, it's just probably not the right fit and, and I'll pass yeah. it to the appropriate person, but it also feels like sort of a black hole that that person yeah. might be emailing or getting an intro for. Yeah. Look, I'll say two quick things and then I'll ask you a last question. Um, to, one quick thing is, I read a lot about the history of business and to your point about it's not always the first company. I mean, leaving aside the obvious MySpace to Facebook examples and all of these, the, the person who's credited for creating the razor razor blade model, which we all talk about, and is even taught in business schools, the guy who invented it is a guy named King Gillette. His name was actually King, right? Gillette razor guy. Yeah, he yeah. didn't invent the bear razor razor blade model. It was around before him. He just did it right. And it worked. Sure. And, hundred years later, we still use his razors, right? You don't, you have, you have to do it right. And sometimes being, I've learned this the hard way too, being too early is as bad as being too late because the market may not be ready for your product, right? Um, and the other thing, which I said last week, which is know your investor, understand who they are, where they went to school, what their passion points are, what their other investments and don't pitch them a directly competitive company or something completely outside of their wheelhouse. And speaking of knowing your investor, I'll ask you a last fun question. Maureen, you went to Dartmouth. Did you play Dartmouth Rules Beer Pong? Uh, yes, I had plenty plenty of Dartmouth uh, Beer Pong. We just call it Pong, in all fairness. But yes, pong, I played yes. plenty. Out here, it's called Dartmouth Rules because there's different variations. So that's called Dartmouth Rules Beer Pong. That, that's what people who don't go to Dartmouth call it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did not have Morgan's academic excellence. So I went okay. to UCLA and not, not Dartmouth, but... Um, Anyways, Morgan, it was phenomenal to have you on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for being an investor in Hey Renee and um, for sharing your your wisdom with the, the audience. Absolutely, Nick. Anytime, happy to happy to do it. And thanks for letting us be a part of your journey. I think that's the the more important thank you do here. We're we're thrilled to have you involved.